You are tuned into the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, your Rx for success in nutrition, mindset, and health to dispense the best version of you. The Fit Pharmacist is a movement in the profession of pharmacy. Here is your host for the show, Dr. Adam Martin. Independent pharmacy is dead. There is no chance the mom and pop shops can stand to play against the big boys, especially in today's competitive pharmacy market. While these sentiments of stigma run rampant in our profession today, they are not holding their weight when it comes to one pharmacy family in Whitmire, South Carolina, who recently filled their millionth prescription as an independently owned and operated community pharmacy. A recent fit pharmacist feature of ours, soon to be Dr. Blake Roche, is currently a pharmacy student at the Medical University of South Carolina in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. He's currently in his P4 year and currently close to finishing up his third of nine-month-long rotations. He comes from a family of pharmacists, following in both his grandfather and father's footsteps, carrying out the family legacy. He plans to return to his hometown of Whitmire, South Carolina, where his family has owned and operated an independent pharmacy for the past 52 years. Wow. Blake. Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. How are you? Glad to be here. Oh, man. It is great to have you on. Uh, Guys, a little background. Uh, I met Blake through a colleague and very good friend of mine, Dr. Mike Corvino of Core Consult, uh, who had Blake as a rotation student. And we hit it off through a a step challenge that I hold um, to help, help for accountability to help incorporate fitness into pharmacy. Uh, which is one of my missions at the Fit Pharmacist. And let me tell you guys, this guy is no joke. He literally steps it up when it comes to step challenges. I mean, I don't know about you, Blake, but you're, you're pushing me hard. You can't be lazy during these weeks. You know, that's, that's what we were just talking about. You absolutely, if you sit on the couch, you feel guilty for sitting on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's popping up, you know, but you just, it, it's a good thing. It's, it's been great as far as uh, working those in just a normal week. You definitely feel like you're getting more done. So, Well, I appreciate your support and involvement because you fire up not only the entire group, but myself included. I'm, you know, ready, like you said, ready to relax on the couch, but oh, I got to get those steps in. Blake's, Blake's going to make me look bad. <laughs> so it, it's really been phenomenal. Uh, but then with that, we had featured Blake for Fit Pharmacist Friday. Um, and when that's when I read his story about being so involved in his community, in his uh, family-owned pharmacy, and I was honestly wowed. Um, I reached out to him immediately, and I was like, dude, you got to share this story. It is so rare and inspiring, not just for independent pharmacy, but for the profession overall. And here we are on the podcast. Here we are. So, And it's funny. I'm sorry, real quick, just you saying how rare it is in today, and you're, um, you know, with your intro, I was surprised when I came to pharmacy school because I expected to meet at least one or two other people, you know, who had that sort of connection, if not family, at least like, you know, a friend they were, they were planning on kind of working into that role of taking over. But um, besides one or two other people, I mean, there's, there's been hardly anybody. So, you know, the, the connections are rarity um, and we'll kind of talk about it more in a second, but yeah, just something definitely to keep going. So. Absolutely. And you guys are obviously killing it. 52 years, over a million prescriptions. So you, on, you have the RX for success, which we're going to dive into here and in, in how to keep that going because you can really serve your community and build those relationships and helping people 
with living healthier lives. And that's what we're here. That's what it's all about. Um, so diving right in, man, coming up on finishing your rotations. So tell us about your current journey in pharmacy world. How are your rotations and what else you have for the rest of the year? Sure, sure. So um, I actually took May off. We get three months off, so we have nine required rotations. Um, so I've only, I've only completed two, and I'm about to finish my third. Um, and so far, they've, they've all been community. I don't get into the hospital until starting next month. Um, I've been in a small independent community, and then I was at a chain community last month. Um, and then I'm at an independent actually this month as well. And it's been really great, you know, seeing a ton of stuff uh, through those months. Every preceptor is different. Every pharmacist is different. And, uh, you know, I've heard that in the past from people, you know, once they finish up and get licensed, they, they say that how they practice, they kind of cobbled together a little bit from every, every style of pharmacist that they like. And I've kind of noticed myself doing the same thing, you know, first preceptor was, was completely different from, from the, the past two I have. Um, so they've been great. I'm excited to, you know, move on from this community stuff and get more exposure in the, in the hospital and just some differences there, but it's been, been good so far. And I have, uh, I have a couple more exotic ones coming up. I'm going to Scotland in November. Wow. Example. So, so yeah, that, that one's exciting. That's, that's one of those um, electives, obviously. So, uh, and, and besides that, you know, I'm just excited to continue on into the next year. I love it, man. And as a, as a preceptor myself, I always tell my students, when you're on rotations, treat it like a job interview. Literally in that short period of time, pretend that you are going to either get a job offer at the end or you're not a lot of times that's what ends up happening but if you go into it with that mindset not only are you going to put your best foot forward but you're going to get the most out of it that you can um, not only with the knowledge but also the connections and developing your skill sets because with that mindset it's going to push you to want to learn and become the best you can and you know yes you're going to and it's going to require a lot of time and energy but the return you're going to get on that is going to last for a long time. And just like you said, it, it becomes how you practice with the preceptors you interact with. Um, and I know you were with uh, Dr. Mike Corvino, and he spoke very highly, not only of you as an individual, but of as your work ethic, uh, which is phenomenal because that's really going to carry you places. So job well done with that. And it's, so, been, it's been great as far as getting involved. Like you say, I was with uh, – Dr. Corvino last month, and it's funny because I wanted to be involved with with his stuff on Instagram and all that with Poor Consult, and uh, I, I never expected it would expand into this. You know, I didn't expect to be on this podcast today. You know, with with contacts of his that I've you know since become friends with and contacts with, and uh, it's just expanded from there and maybe see the opportunity. So, I love it, and that's social media at work. I mean, it gets a bad rap, but if you if you leverage that and put your best foot forward and really use it to deliver value and network and help other people, which is really, if you break it down, that's what pharmacy is, networking, helping other people. But you do it social media, that expands your reach, and you never know what can come of it. I, I mean, I'm talking with this amazing pharmacist-to-be right now. Um, we've become friends, virtual friends, but now you know we took it to the next level, and now we're talking through the mic. So <laughs> um, it, it's really phenomenal to see others that are so passionate not only in what they do, but in helping other people, and especially when it's such a tight-knit community, uh, which really leads into the next question I have, uh, which is telling us about your town, where your pharmacy is, the beautiful town of Whitmire, South Carolina. Um, and a lot of our listeners uh, have not been there or maybe not have even heard of it. So if you could just give us kind of an insight, uh, sneak peek or, or overview of what that town is like so that we can better understand what the environment is for your pharmacy. Absolutely. So 
you know, it's always one of the first questions people ask when they meet you. They say, what do you do um, and where are you from? And it's always funny with mine because I always say Whitmire blank looks every time almost. So you try and try and list some some kind of local towns. And sometimes that works, you know, within 30 minutes, but sometimes I have to go out within an hour. So that gives you an idea of, of how small my town is. Um, and you know, a ton of small towns in the South, there's a ton of small towns everywhere. And sometimes you don't really realize what kind of impact they can have, what unique things are going on. Um, so ours is particularly small. We're, we're kind of upstate, kind of Midland, South Carolina. Um, when you're looking at a map, there's Sumter National Forest, a big green patch on the map of South Carolina. We're dead in the middle. Um, so I tell people we're, we're kind of middle of nowhere, but we're also middle of everything just because we can get to um, some fairly bigger cities, Greenville, you know, Columbia and uh, Spartanburg in about 45 minutes and some smaller in about 20. Um, so our, our pharmacy is the only one in town. Uh, so the closest CVS, I believe, is um, 30 minutes or so, 25, 30 minutes. And then some other chains are about are about the same distance. Um, so, you know, not much competition within our direct neighborhood, but uh, it's a great community. You know, we have I think the population is right at 1200 last time I checked. So minuscule. A lot of you probably laughing at this point um, <laughs> and even wondering how we can keep a pharmacy alive in that kind of uh, in that kind of area. But we do get you know, we do get some some customers from a couple towns over, you know, word spreads. They like our they like our service. They like how they're treated. Um, and that's that's really what we go for. You know, you hear small town pharmacy, you think of uh, you think of service, and uh, that's that's what we're shooting for. And we're trying to be the best to our patients and to uh, all our customers, and just treat them. And so word spreads by word of mouth, and uh, we'll keep us going. Absolutely. And from what I've seen, and just interacting with you, it sounds like you not only embody that classic Southern hospitality, but you take that to the next level with patient care. Um, that's another, for the listeners, that's another way that uh, Blake and I connected. Um, I am a huge fan of Charleston, South Carolina. I've been going there at least once a year since I was a, an infant, and I absolutely in love with that, that area. Kiowa Island, if you're familiar with it, um, is my dream. That's where I want to retire. I've been going there for 30 years. Um, I'm 31 years old, so <laughs> literally my whole life. <laughs> So I, I fell in love with it, but that is phenomenal that you guys focus on the care aspect because that's really what it's all about. So we talked about Whitmire, the town. Now, what about the pharmacy? Can you give us a little insight into your pharmacy? And I don't even think we, we've announced what the name of it is yet. Sure. So yeah, my, my name is Blake Roach. So don't try and make it fancy. It's like the bug. I, I hate that I've had to say that my entire, you know, my, my entire career, my entire life. Not so like I, a Pharaoh Rusher. <laughs> <laughs> don't try and make it fancy. You know, we always, <laughs> we always get phone calls and everything else. So, um, and we also, our, our pharmacy, sorry, I, I got off track a little bit. But no, Roche, you're fine. Um, so, you know, just our last name and pharmacy, nothing too fancy. No, no hometown pharmacy or any, any kind of brand there. Um, just keeping it simple. And it's actually funny um, because obviously the, the pharmaceutical giant, and I think they say there's Roche, you know, uh, manufacturers of all sorts of stuff. They used to have a plant in Florence, South Carolina. Hmm. You know, we'll get faxes and phone calls and everything else, you know, thinking we're that huge company. And we have to say, no, you know, we're a, we're a tiny pharmacy in a, in a small town, South Carolina. Not exactly, not exactly who you're looking for, but uh <laughs> Um, but like you said in your in your opening spiel, we've been open for 52 years. Um, my grandfather went to went to pharmacy school at the University of South Carolina, and uh, 
originally worked at a pharmacy in Whitmire and it was actually, I think it was the Whitmire drug company. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to double check that, but originally, originally worked with a pharmacist there to start out and uh, that pharmacist actually passed away. Um, and so my granddad went into a business partnership. I think that ended up kind of falling apart as business partnerships often do. Um, kind of a, kind of a lesson there. And uh, then ended up going off on his own and opened Roach Pharmacy. Uh, my dad went to uh, the University of South Carolina as well. And uh, he's been back in our, in our little town working, you know, since, since 1981, 1982. Um, you know, so it has been practicing for a while. Um, my grandfather passed away in 2008. So for the past 10 years, you know, it's, it's basically just been my dad. We have a relief pharmacist that comes in a couple times a week. Um, but besides that, he's the one killing it, you know, day in, day out. So, uh, as far as my legacy goes, as far as the pharmacy goes, um, there's definitely that history there. There's the history to be proud of, um, you know, and, and didn't really tell any of my backstory, but as far as thinking about pharmacy and, and being what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, thinking of the inspiration of, of both my dad and granddad definitely, definitely helps that and, and kind of going after their, the example they've set. So. That is so phenomenal and really props to you and your family for continuing that legacy uh, because it's, it's like they say, it has to withstand any business has to, or idea even has to withstand the test of time and opening in 1966, being in business 52 years, that really speaks volumes about the level of care and impact and trust that the community has with your pharmacy and continues to have. Um, in, in that town. So it, it really is phenomenal. And I applaud all of you, all of you for what you do and have done. It's, it's really inspiring uh, it, as a pharmacist. It's just phenomenal. And it's, it's funny too, because, you know, introductory courses in pharmacy school, you kind of do a little bit of history of pharmacy. And uh, it was, it was funny as they're going through the stages, you know, of, of counting for and and pharmacies is more than just pharmacies, you know, selling all these, th selling everything a community needs from Valentine's candy to carbs. And, you know, up in our pharmacy and, and talking to my granddad and all, we've seen every stage of that, you know, from being not just a pharmacy, but a front end store, which kind of the chains do now, um, but a little different in my mind. And now, you know, we've knocked some of that out to kind of focus more on just the pharmacy. Um, so it's just been interesting to see, you know, that we have this personal connection to that the history of the whole profession and that's kind of what I take pride in so and as you should now with that saying history whenever we think of old school pharmacy or small town pharmacy instantly we get that soda fountain pharmacy setup is that kind of what yours is looking like um because I, I haven't visited it yet but trust me guys it's on my list of places to visit but what what's the setup of the pharmacy like for people that haven't been there um so Pretty mid-size, actually. We're not too tiny. I've definitely been in smaller stores. Um, so our, our out front area is mostly dedicated to, you know, OTC items, normal pharmacy OTC items. We have a little kind of dollar section that we get um, as far as just general things that people would people would need as far as cleaning products and stuff like that. And then we do have the soda fountain. So we have, um, we basically, it may not be exactly what you imagine as the classic old time marble countertop. We kind of have that vibe, but we still have the stainless steel counters. We still have the pump machines with the syrups and all that. We have wow. a, we have an ice cream cooler. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's great. It's, it's good to have that to offer. Um, and it's definitely, it definitely draws people in. It's always funny. You know, you can tell when it's summertime because the kids start coming in 
after school, right as soon as it, you know, as it lets out. And uh, you can kind of gauge how your business is going to be that day, depending on whether it's a whether it's a hot day or or what. And it definitely adds a, a you know, a whole other other aspect to like the managing of the pharmacy and you know who you need to have out front and uh, problems with inspections on that end. Not just pharmacy inspections at that point, but you know inspections from uh, from the department, right? To make sure we're uh, you know up to code on that. So wow. Um, so special cool. tip. Special tip for uh, anyone looking to go visit the pharmacy is come with an appetite. Absolutely. So we don't have food, but we do have all the ice cream and drinks. And uh, <laughs> top seller, my personal favorite is vanilla Coke. So we have vanilla and cherry syrup. Mm. Uh, you know, pretty simple. I love vanilla Cokes, but a lot of people love cherry Sprites. And, you know, we can pretty much mix up anything, anything that you want there. So milkshakes, ice cream, drinks, the work. So. You can script their success to antidote their hunger. <laughs> All about the puns here. Um, so in addition to the traditional pharmacy services and the classic soda fountain, the ice cream, uh, what are some of the unique things that you see in a southern small town pharmacy? Do you offer, in addition to what we mentioned, um, non-traditional treatments? Um, and how, if you do, do they honestly fit into your treatment of patients uh, with respect to their autonomy with, say, supplements or other modalities? Sure, sure. Um, so it's actually not like part of our business. But I think it's important to always, you know, respect people coming in. And you see a lot more of that kind of in our area. Um, you see a little bit of it. As I've been working in pharmacies around Charleston, you know, you, you get people coming in and asking for particular things. But uh, in our smaller southern town, you get some really old time remedies that you don't think about. Um, one that always stands out to me in particular uh, that uh, so we were always a cotton mill town for years and years and years. Our, our tiny town, we used to be a much bigger town years ago. But then that mill shut down in the early 2000s. Um, and for whatever reason, everybody in the cotton mill always used something called red oil for all sorts of stuff. Hmm. Most people haven't even heard of it. I mean, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just in a glass bottle. It's a red liquid. Um, I've never really looked at the ingredients. It's one of those proprietary things. <laughs> uh, we get it from one of the only suppliers that's still around. And it's pretty expensive, actually. I mean, I think for a two or three ounce bottle is something like $30. But wow. people and they love it and we get calls for it all the time um so you know that's that's one of the things honestly that can bring some people in from from the surrounding area um and i just love hearing stories about all the old you know southern remedies we get people coming and asking for ammonia cokes that we usually don't make them um have you ever heard of an ammonia coke i have not please tell me what is it <laughs> so it sounds terrible to start with <laughs> it's something i wouldn't want to drink exactly you think of a cleaning product and you think of coke um, and I was actually looking into it a little bit more before I came on here. And it's actually spirits of ammonia and Coke. And people have used it, you know, since the early 1900s to try and get rid of, get rid of headaches and all sorts of stuff. It's actually more like smelling salts than wow. actually cleaning ammonia. It's not household ammonia. Um, so we get people asking. We don't make them for them. You know, we try and, try and lead them in the right direction. But you definitely hear a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and autonomy, I think it's incredibly important. As healthcare providers, you know, when somebody comes in with a problem, you want to consider everything they're giving you. You want to question them, see what's going on. Um, but at the same time, you have to have respect because if you don't have respect, then they're not going to respect you and your recommendations. So right. it doesn't matter if they, you know, if they come in and they have a remedy that they want to try out and they just want something to, to go on top of that. You can't just immediately discount 
what they've been trying. I mean, you can ask what they've been doing and if it's not working for them. And if it's, if there's any possible harm, then sure, you know, tell them that. But again, I just think it's super important to kind of have respect for the customer and, and uh, do everything you can for them. But at the same time, let them try what they think will work. And if it, I mean, if it works placebo effect or whatever, why uh, I don't see the harm in that. So. I completely agree. Give that which you wish to receive. So absolutely focusing on that respect and building that uh, provider-patient relationship is really important. I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, talking with how we started this podcast with kind of the the doom and gloom uh, for independent pharmacy, being in business for 52 years, you guys kind of know what you're doing just a little bit. (laughs) So speaking to that realm of pharmacy, Um, What would you say is the opportunity for independent pharmacies in the near future um, and their place in the immediate future for our profession? First of all, opportunity is immense. I think that independent pharmacies have the biggest opportunity within the current space to to improvise as far as new payment methods and, and inpatient care. So as, you know, reimbursements get worse, as DIR fees get worse from PBMs, then, then independent pharmacies are forced to deal with that and uh, search out other ways to, to get revenue, you know, through, through MTM. I mean, MTM is a big one that's been stressed within the past few years as I've been coming through pharmacy school and before that. But now I feel like there's, there's more of a focus on that, you know, people trying to knock it out as much as they can. Um, and even through setting up, so, and it's, that's an interesting thing I've learned on rotation. One of my first rotations at a pharmacy fairly close to, to my uh, small town, I actually worked with a, uh, a guy who was the clinical director for his pharmacy group. So he would throw an idea to me every day, you know, say, do some research on this and uh, come back and tell me about it and see if it would be a good option, you know, for us right now, but say for, for your pharmacy in the future when you go back. Um, so one example from them, they actually ended up put, uh, bringing in stocks of CBD oil products, which is stuff you hear about. You know, yeah, I don't right know how much exposure you've gotten to it up there. If it's a, you know, if it's a big thing, if you get a lot of uh, people coming in and ask about it every day, dude, every day I get a call. Do you guys carry this? Do you guys carry this? There's, you know, all the healthcare practices in, in my area. I live up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Um, the, it's a huge marketing thing because it's, it's all the rage right now. So that's a huge thing. It is absolutely all the rage. And I remember early days of pharmacy school. Um, we actually had a guy who was, who was trying to, uh, he actually worked for a company, a CBD company. And, you know, you remember, and you first think that you're like, oh, that's, there, there's no way that's a viable treatment. But then the more you look into it and the more states are doing it. And, I'm, and like I say, pharmacies are kind of incorporating, not to harp on that one in particular too much, but I just think it represents one of the opportunities that you couldn't really see a chain bringing CBD, you know, CBD products in, in this day and age. So independent pharmacies have to have to seek out those kind of entrepreneurial ideas and uh, try and corner the market on that kind of cutting edge stuff. So yeah, so innovation and really capturing the market share that the big boys aren't really focusing on. That's that's the one strategy. Um, but looking at just pharmacy as a as a gl- more of a global view with all the headlines we've been seeing with right. technology with Amazon, um, how does that impact the current state of independent pharmacy and what does it look like for the future? Right. So when you first hear that, it's scary, right? I mean, I've, I've seen tons of people writing articles about this, what it means. I remember the spe- speculation when the news first came out that Amazon was trying to get these pharmacy licenses in, in all these states. Um, but again, I just think it represents an opportunity. You think about a technology giant like that, and 
there's a disconnect, right? So they have this huge infrastructure that they can ship drugs everywhere, that they can do all this sorts of stuff, but where's that personal connection? And like I said in the beginning, with our independent pharmacy, we're the personal connection. So I, I don't know where this could go per se, but you know, I, I have a bunch of good friends who kind of brainstorm ideas with me and bounce ideas off. I think there's a huge opportunity there for independents and uh, community pharmacists to get involved in the kind of Amazon future, future of pharmacy there um, as kind of a local hub. Again, I'm not, you know, not certain of the details, but I think there's a huge opportunity there. I agree. And, and I love your outlook on that, where it's, it's kind of saying, okay, you can only look at so much in the profession. So where the big tides are going, where are they not looking? And it's really that relationship feel, which is why one reason I think you guys have done so successful in your town, because you focus on that relationship aspect, that trust, and that respect that you talked about earlier. Those connections can't be replicated by technology and, and mass production. So it's that personal connection, that trust, the relationship focus, I think is what you're saying is really what can drive independence to not just survive, but really thrive in that environment. Absolutely. And I know it sounds kind of empty when you repeat it over and over again, but I truly think that is, that is the core of everything that we need to be doing as pharmacists. So. As they say, cliche, because it's true. So, I mean, it, it, it does have value for anyone that's in pharmacy school and, and works at a pharmacy as an intern or is a practicing pharmacist. You've seen the impact that, you know, it might not be an hour long talk, but just, you know, a minute or two of like a deep conversation of showing that compassion you see the impact that has because they're coming, patients are coming to you with, like, you could call it blind trust because you, know, you have the white coat, you're the professional, and they come to you um, seeking your guidance. But when you go deeper and really show that care and compassion with what's important to them at that moment and listening to them, hearing what their needs are and how you can guide them to the solution, not just any solution, but the one that's best for them as an individual for their case at that time, that will really drive that trust, that loyalty, and that relationship to be formed and strengthened over time. And a cup of ice cream doesn't hurt. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> just, just not the, uh, in the Coke, but not the ammonia Coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So one other thing, I know we talked a lot about your phenomenal pharmacy and the impact it's had on your hometown. But what really gets me excited is seeing people in the profession who are as passionate as you. Um, but another thing that people might not know is that you are a hustler in a good way, not like a, a size street pipe way. <laughs> but the soon-to-be Dr. Roche that we're speaking to has a passion of not just for pharmacy and serving his community, but also for his amazing photography skills. Um, if you're not familiar with this, I would absolutely recommend you check out his work. He posts it on so all the social media accounts that we'll get to in a minute. Um, but Facebook, he has his own Instagram page, and it's really breathtaking. Um, and coming from myself, I live up in the north. I'm a Yankee uh, up in Pittsburgh, but I've been traveling to Carolinas e e literally every year since I was an infant. And it really brings me back when I see his photos. He truly captures the beauty of not just South Carolina and Charleston, but I, I feel like I'm experiencing and getting to know Whitmire through his photography. Uh, so it's truly astounding. Um, so very well done with that, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that's something that we want to know um, for pharmacy students listening. Uh, I recommend highly for students on my rotation that, yes, pharmacy is great. You want to learn it and, and really embody that whole mindset and mentality of growth. But 
I also recommend having some sort of interest or hobby that's outside of pharmacy. Um, I guess you could say for sanity, but just to have some sort of passion to drive you outside so you don't feel like that's you know all you have. And, right. and you do that with photography, but a lot of people have some trouble finding a balance or a way to, quote, fit it in. So you've been a pharmacy student. Um, you've developed a business, actually, with this photography passion that you have. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got started with that passion and how you were able to keep that alive and grow it while you were in pharmacy school? Sure. Um, so I originally started photography seriously uh, probably about 10 years ago in undergrad. Um, I actually dated a girl who was a, a photographer at the time. She was a fashion photographer, so not exactly what I wanted to do at the time. But uh, I ended up getting a camera, and I really enjoyed um, – then I enjoyed hiking and all that, so I would go, you know, just just haul my camera along and do landscapes, whatever I thought was interesting. And since then, it's I mean, it's been a hobby ever since then. So anytime my friends or family needed some pictures done, you know, I would do portraits, but it was still kind of just the landscape stuff. Um, and it didn't really turn into the business idea until recently. So like I said, it was it was always families and friends, you know, engagement pictures, family pictures, and all that. But once I started seeing I was going on rotation, you know, and even the wild ones like Scotland, I mean, you need money for that, right? Yes. So I saw an opportunity for something that I, you know, really enjoyed and I thought I was fairly good at to kind of, uh, you know, to, to turn into a business opportunity. And uh, some family members of mine, actually, it snowed down here in, in January. Um, oh. It was a big deal. I mean, miracles. Shut the shut everything down. One snowflake. <laughs> You know, before that, you look up snow in Charleston and they'll pop up. There was one in like the 20s and one in like the 80s. And it was just such a rarity that, you know, the day after that it snowed so bad, I had to get out there with my camera. And I was just doing it still as a hobby at the time. But some family members said, you know, you should you should try to sell some prints of that. And I didn't really realize what a demand there would be. But, you know, as I started to offer them and people started to buy them, it was a uh, I was I was pretty, pretty amazed by the response. And it's just kind of kind of gone since then. And I still, you know, I still do the photo sessions. I do some engagement sessions for people. I do some professional headshots for friends of mine and anybody who comes my way. Um, but it's probably about half and half as far as photo shoots go versus print sales. And it's it's great because, like you say, I mean, one of my main goals with it is just to just you know make people experience what I experience. So, like you say, you, you feel like you're in Charleston, you feel like you're in Whitmire, and that's that's kind of what I want people to see. You know, being from a small town, like sure, Charleston's beautiful, but around Whitmire, there's all these trails. We're in the middle of a national forest. I mean, there's just there's tons to see, and I want other people to see that and appreciate it and uh, really see the beauty in it. So that's that's kind of my whole mission. That's kind of the whole history. Um, and as far as where it goes from here. Uh, I would love to incorporate that into pharmacy. You know, I've, I've been inspired by a bunch of guys on Instagram, on social media, as far as uh, doing pharmacy videos. So, uh, you know, Dr. Corvino last month with, with Core Consult uh, did videos occasionally. And uh, I, would, I would love to incorporate that because I think there's sort of an opportunity there. For example, I've been doing organizations this month on rotation. So I was looking up videos to see what's available on YouTube. And while the content's good, the advice is great. The quality, you know, sometimes can be pretty lacking. Not sure when they were shot, but some of them looked like they were shot in a Kodak, Kodak Easy Shared sometime Dated. in 1998. Yes. We'll say dated. Um, so I think there's definitely an opportunity there for, you know, like you were saying, 
as a pharmacist, but also have this, this other side of us, this other professional side and to, to bring more value than just, uh, you know, straight, straight patient care and straight clinical knowledge. I think you can, you know, it's always good to have, have something else to bring to the table. So. Wow. So it sounds like your photography career has really snowballed. A little bit. Yeah, it has. It's kind of, it's kind of expanded into to more areas than I anticipated when it was just, you know, me walking through the woods with a camera back. In the day, so. That's fantastic. And I can, I can see it now. You work in the pharmacy, uh, running, you know, running Roche, and you've got the photography all around your pharmacy just to inspire your patients. Cause you know, you're filling prescriptions, they might be waiting. So that gives them, you know, they can have, have a, a, a Sunday or a, an ice cream and then check out all your photography is kind of like a gallery in the pharmacy. I can clearly see that now one-stop shop exactly and that's what it's about is delivering that value just like you said and i think sir dr roche to be uh you dropped some amazing value on this podcast so thank you so very much for your time for sharing your wisdom and really insight into independent pharmacy the life of a pharmacy student who's trying to be more and give more to really serve his patients to the fullest capacity possible sure thing good talking to you Pleasure to have you on. Thank you all for listening. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Be great and dispense your full potential.